Next on BYU Sports Nation, four games down, eight to go. How have your expectations changed for the 2016 BYU football team? College football analysts Blaine Fowler and David Nixon explain their expectations after one and three start. And how good is Toledo? Plus, the new BYU Hall of Fame class game day for BYU volleyball and three BYU teams climbing the top 25. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh, we are live in Radio Vision, BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, September 27th, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Donald Trump's new Twitter consultant, Jerem Jordan. Boy, have you got your hands full. Yeah, I tuned into that for... Three minutes. You did watch. Yeah. My wife really wanted to watch. So I was like, all right, let's watch. And then we're like, (laughs) what's happening between the Saints and Falcons? (laughs) That's exactly what happened. (laughs) And then I was like, (laughs) TV. (laughs) The question is, did they get your rating point for watching those three minutes? I don't know that my house is connected to Nielsen or how it works, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's a government conspiracy. Uh, I don't know who Nielsen is. Is it Elder S. Gifford Nielsen? Who's who's Nielsen? Oh, my goodness. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Michigan State game with BYU kickoff time has been announced. BYU will face the Spartans October 8th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 Mountain. That game will be on either ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. Or Telemundo. So we'll we'll see uh, with that. That means BYU will lose uh, leave. Excuse me. Whoa, what, what? Wait, what? Uh, will leave next Thursday. They'll go a day early on Telemundo. Michigan yeah. State and the BYU. Oh boy! <laughs> did you know there's a BYU TV International in Spanish, Portuguese? Pretty I did cool, know right? that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, it won't be live on that channel. Okay, that's yeah. very good. Also, did you hear BYU I, Athletics has a new Hall of Fame class? I, I did. This is very cool. Uh, they've been announced. So it's Pam Miller uh, Geitzen of golf. Uh, cross-country track coach, Cheryl W. James. Yoneta Lee of softball. My first play-by-play experience ever was with the BYU softball team with Yoneta Lee, so very cool. Uh, Michaela Manova of cross-country. And, of course, Mike Wall of uh, volleyball, who was a baller. He's actually an assistant coach on the USA team that was in Rio with Taylor Sanders. So congratulations to those guys. You are hosting the induction ceremony Thursday night uh, at the Marriott Center. Yeah, really cool. Um, to be involved uh, with such high-class BYU athletes. Maybe one day you will be in the Hall of Fame, Spencer. Mm, You're nope. going to have to stay around here a while. Nope. <laughs> mm, yep. <laughs> is it no or is it yep? It's I'll let you decide. Nope. I'll let you nope. decide. Nope. But congratulations to uh, all of the inductees and, and looking forward to a fantastic night on Thursday. Hall of Famers. Like, to get into any Hall of Fame, you got to be amazing. And Jerem Jordan is stepping in for me in my usual soccer broadcast duties on Thursday night as BYU opens West Coast Conference play against Santa Clara. I'm no Araldus Chapman, but I do throw 100 miles an hour verbally. So let's go, okay? Thursday. We ain't messing around Thursday. BYU women's volleyball moves up two spots to number 11 in the latest AVCA Top 25. The Cougars, in a rare Tuesday matchup, conference play at Pepperdine, 10 Eastern on the W.TV. On a Tuesday. At uh, Cicero. Cicero? Cisco Roo. Cisco Roo. What was that? Italian? Spencer Linton? Terrible. That's what he said. <laughs> no, it was, my tele- <laughs> it was my Telemundo Count Dracula voice. <laughs> A BYU in the Michigan State. Yeah, it's no. It's not working for me. 
It's not working for it's, him. Yeah, it's Transylvania, yeah. Blah, man. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans announced they've signed Jordan Leslie to be a part of the practice squad. So the former uh, UTEP minor and BYU Cougar signed to the Tennessee Titans practice squad. So will you follow him on Twitter now? I have been since he was on here. I have been. Whatever, dude. It's been months. I'm telling. <laughs> telling what? That I've been following him? The, listen. I see you clicking to follow him right now. <laughs> I follow, Okay, ever since he came on the show. I followed him in that moment. Was that when he called you? Was out. that Bush League? When he called you out? No, I followed him moments before that. <laughs> Just so you could say, "Oh, I follow you." Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Good stuff. Rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The first four. One win, three losses for the only college football team in America that have played four consecutive games against Power 5 schools to open the season. And I am talking about BYU. Everybody knew the 2016 BYU football schedule was ambitious, including ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich, who put the results of the first four in perspective for us yesterday. Two and two would have been phenomenal. Three and one would have been uh, a minor miracle, uh, as in we need to open up the, the scriptures and add another book. Carrying on with uh, the train of thought from Trevor Maddich from the first book of Captain Obvious, <laughs> it stinks to lose, but not all losses are created equally. For BYU, the frustration is both understood and validated because three losses have come by three points or less, which brings us to a very intriguing stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is the only team in FBS who has played four games decided by three points or less. What? Huh? So BYU is the only team to play four power fives in the first four weeks and to play four games decided by three points or less. What in the world? This is the most unique set of four games start a season in BYU history by far. And BYU is one in three. No teams out of 128 other than BYU have been in this close of games I, consecutively. I do want to point this out. Our research staff, which consists of about two people, um, <laughs> they have done a fantastic job the last two days uh, looking up these stats. So nice job to them. BYU's four games have been decided by nine points overall. The one win by two against Arizona. Frustrating? Of course. But keep in mind, there is a distinct difference between being frustrated and discouraged. Head coach Kalani Satake addressed his feelings about his team yesterday. Some really good positives and some, some negatives that uh, we need to fix, and uh, that's, a, that's a coach's talk again. But, um, you know, if we can put it all together and have a clean game, I think we'll be a lot more successful. And I've said it before, just uh, we need to have our best game this weekend. Expectations set at, quote, we need to have our best game this weekend. Four games down, what will happen next? Let's discuss on Twitter. Our Twitter question today, Spencer, is BYU one, BYU's one and three. How do you feel and what are your expectations going forward? The first tweet, at Jamset, uh S 8 Use the hashtag BYUSN. Jamsets. Jamsets08.com. <laughs> Disappointed and optimistic, we're only seven points away from 4-0, and we're not playing well. Nine wins is still possible. Use hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. Nine wins is still possible. Wow. That's pretty ambitious. Yes. Like BYU's schedule. Here, here are my thoughts on this. 
Nine to ten wins with the new staff against this schedule would have been a really ambitious idea. You called for nine at the beginning of the year. That was very ambitious. Including was, a bowl game. That was yeah. Ve- yeah. Nine? Wow. That's a lot. I called for seven, which is where BYU is pacing towards, right, at this point. The, the reason I'm frustrated but not discouraged is because the games have been close and BYU's put up a good fight, right? I, I'm not huge on moral victories. Like, the, someone in our shop uh, here said, Oh, well, BYU is one of the better one in three teams in the country. I said, this is not a conversation we're going to have. BYU is one in three. We're not going to count the moral victories on the side. You count real victories. And there, are one, there is one. But I like this BYU team. I think they have talent. I think they're just a couple plays away from making it happen. I still think they're pretty good. You hope that in the next four, you go two and two. So you go into November three and five. That's kind of discouraging, right? You're three and five. You're frustrated. Whatever word you want to use on there. But you're hoping to get three or four wins in November, so then you'd get up to six or seven. You go to a bowl game. Maybe you have a chance for eight, maybe. Uh, best case scenario in my mind is probably getting to eight at this point uh, in the bowl game. And then that's year one. That's year one under Kalani Satake. And he starts to get his guys in here. BYU continues to evolve, gets better, continues to play these tough schedules. Hopefully is in the Big 12 if they're not. Uh, BYU has a fantastic schedule at the beginning of the year next year. LSU... Uh, Utah, Wisconsin, two of those games, two and three at home. That's that's where I see BYU at this point. I, I'm frustrated, but I'm encouraged by the fact that BYU has played these games tough. There have been some self-imposed mistakes. If BYU doesn't sh- throw a pick at the end there, I think they beat West Virginia. You go for it against Utah. UCLA was the most frustrating game of the four. But I'm not, I'm not like, oh, come on! Hey, it's an ambitious schedule. Tom Homo uh, wants BYU to to put themselves out there. I stand by what I said months ago when the schedule went official, and that is if BYU is in San Diego at the Poinsettia Bowl, success. Because turnover is so hard. That doesn't and mean... Turnovers uh, yes, and well. turnovers. Yes, and turnovers also take a toll. Ah! That said, I was hopeful at the beginning of the season because of the experience BYU had coming back in the skill positions that they could win nine games. And that, again... Table that with including a bowl game. So I was counting, like, I anticipate that BYU will have a good shot to win the Poinsettia Bowl when they get to the Poinsettia Bowl. That's going to happen. Okay? Hot take on September 27th. If BYU doesn't make a bowl game, Spencer, that would be incredibly disappointing. Oh, my goodness, I would call the season a disappointment. Even though, even though BYU sits one and three, they have to make a bowl game. This game, this team's too good not to make a bowl game. Absolutely. Again, I thought nine and four was feasible if BYU got through the first four games at two and two. That's obviously not the case. So it's time to adjust. Now, before I get into win totals, this is how I feel since that is part of the Twitter conversation today. The early struggles and growing pains should pay dividends for BYU. Common logic suggests that. And I think they will in the form of BYU winning some close games in the future of the 2016 schedule. There are attributes of toughness gained after playing in a bunch of close games. You cannot simulate that stuff in practice. And so while it hurts now, they are tougher for what has happened. BYU is going to end up on the winning side of some of these close games. I sent out a poll question yesterday asking the following. After four games, how many wins do you think BYU will finish the 2016 season with? And over 700 700 of you have voted thus far. 45% of you are in the same boat as Jerem Jordan. Seven wins. That was hands down the leading result. 33% said six wins. Hmm. Wow. 
So a one and three start has taken its toll. Now, I think that BYU can win six of the last eight, finish the regular season seven and five, and win a bowl game eight and five. Would you take eight and five today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and when we said the win total, we said in the regular season, didn't we? I think that's what we projected, right? No. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I don't remember thinking about the bowl game when I gave you seven. Because we don't know who BYU is playing. Well, that's, it's, it's not that big project. of a deal. Okay, so, yeah, I pro- yeah. so I projected eight wins in the regular season, yeah. and you said seven. Yeah, okay. Still, eight, eight, eight in the regular season was ambitious. That would have been great. Just one game more. Yeah, that, that would assume like, oh, you get a game here. They, unfortunately, one and threes, BYU's had <laughs> – the first four games decided by nine points. Here's like, that's ridiculous. Here's what's interesting. Crazy. If BYU does win one of the first four games that they lost, or one of the, one of the three losses they had, if they had won one of those and they're two and two, yeah. how differently would people have answered this you just, poll? You just bump it up one. Yeah. It just totally changes Naturally. the feeling of what happens. They're one and three. I don't think that this team, they're too good to not, like you said, go to a bowl game and have a shot at winning eight games if you throw in a bowl game win. And, and this is year one under Kalani Satake. This is year one of a new offense, a new defense, the most ambitious schedule in school history. Michigan State's really good. That's on the road. I know they got blown out last week, but that's a good team. Uh, UCLA took Stanford to the wire. Uh, Utah's a good team. They're 4-0. Uh, Boise State is ranked now 24th, 3-0, I believe. These are good. I mean, this is a good, good schedule. It might be too tough. Like, if you want BYU to win 9-plus a year – these schedules are really tough. BYU's going after it, and it is quality wins because it is not the college football playoff or a New Year's Six because if BYU wanted that, they would pull a Boise State and just pull back the reins and just win a couple meaningful games instead of stacking it with like six to eight really quality games. Boise State could not handle what BYU is doing. Toledo could in no way, shape, or form handle. In fact, most Power Fives don't go unscathed with the schedule like this. Hardly any. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. BYU is 1-3. How do you feel and what are your expectations going forward? At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 said, excited that we hung with them. Sad that we lost, but could have won. Excited for the future. We'll win a lot now. Oh yeah, this is year one of Kalani Satake. What what happens when BYU gets the guys for their systems in here and Kalani gets his recruits and BYU starts going? This, this is the very beginning. Like a, like a CEO doesn't come into the company and generally that, that first quarter is not crushing it, right? It takes a little bit of time before that business is transformed by new leadership. Hey, on the way, BYU men's cross country jumps Big time in the polls. We'll tell you just how much. And the women's team also making a move in the top 25. Nice. Also still to come, former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon on where this BYU football team has grown the most. But first, Blaine Fowler joins us with his adjusted win projection for 2016. And what is the biggest strength and weakness of the offense? This is BYU Sports Nation. He's got his notes, man. He's... BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. We invite all of you. Will you follow BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN when you reply? You haven't used the, quote, commitment pattern in some 13 years, I believe it's been. 
something like that. Well, almost 14. And also commit to watch After Further Review tonight <laughs> at 7 Eastern time as uh, David, Brian, Dave, and Blaine break down BYU and West Virginia and get you ready for Toledo because this is an intriguing matchup. Uh, BYU's 1-3, battle-tested, ticked off, frustrated. Um, and in comes Toledo, who's 3-0. They think they're good. They haven't played anybody. And now they're going to play somebody on a short week across the country. So check it out, 7 Eastern tonight. How about this? BYU men's cross country, after upsetting the number one team in the country in Charlottesville, have jumped from number 12 to number 4 wow. in the USTF CCCA poll this morning. The women's team jumped four spots from number 19 to 15 after they bested a couple of top 20 teams. Congratulations to both cross country teams moving on up. And that, So that's the coaches poll. There's a media poll where BYU is number one, flow track. And Ed Eystone said, yeah, I don't think we're the number one team. <laughs> Even though they kicked butt on Saturday, which is really funny. Our Twitter Monday, question today, BYU football is 1-3. How do you feel and what are your expectations going forward? At Laser Sheep chiming in, I'm really okay. Not with 1-3, and three, but I'm behind this team as much as ever. They are improving and the team is fine. Kalani Satake said yesterday, there is nothing that will break this team up. This is as close-knit a group as I have ever been around. In fact, he said this is the t- closest group of guys he's ever coached and been around. We'll discuss this with Blaine in a moment, but I think that has everything to do with the attitude of the head coach and the personality. Attitude reflect leadership. Yes, it does. Ah, uh, yeah. You. Blaine Fowler joining us now in Studio B. Uncle B, national champion. Thanks, Han- thanks, as handsome Ju- as ever, Blaine. Thanks, Julius. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Yes, and you, right side or left side, yeah, strong Gar- side. Gary Bertier. And, yeah, Gary Bertier. You got you it. You cannot man. replace a Gary Bertier. <laughs> <laughs> cannot replace. A Remember Mitch the Powell. Titans is such yeah. a great movie. It's the. I think it's the best sports movie. Either that or Rudy. Best sports movies of all time. It's Rudy for me. And yeah. I like Miracle too, but but I can watch Remember the Titans and Rudy. A hundred times. Yeah, each. whenever I remember the Titans, it's like I'm, it's go- I'm going to watch this. It's fun. Yeah. Like it won't make me cry. Rudy would make me cry. Yeah, Rudy makes me cry every yeah, time. Yeah, I love it. How the do music, you not cry? Sometimes on Sunday mornings, I listen to the theme song. Rudy. Yes, yes. So, sorry, sorry to distract you, Julius, but you <laughs> oh, threw that out there, brother. Fun, fun fact: If you want to watch Rudy, it's on demand on the BYU TV app. That's there you true. Yes, yeah, it's on demand. There you go. Yes, and I believe very edited from the swear words. That's good, though. That's good. The G-rated Rudy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Shout out to T.C. Williams High School as well. (laughs) Blaine Fowler. Virginia. uh Our Twitter question today, BYU is 1-3. How do you feel, and what are your expectations for this team going forward? I don't know if you remember, back at the beginning of the year, I I thought 8 was a good win total, but I hoped that they would go 2-2 in their first four. And so... I still think that seven is a reasonable target for them. Um, And I I won't be flabbergasted if they get eight, but I will be surprised if they don't win six of these last eight. I I, I think they will. Um, And I saw some things from the sideline, you know, standing right by the bench most of the game on Saturday um, that were really encouraging to me, especially in the second half. I felt like the light bulb for the offense went on in the second half of this football game where the timing seemed right, where confidence seemed to rise. And, you know, so they get a pick on the tip ball at the end. But I, I think they felt like they were going to go down and win that ball game when they got the ball. Um, and, and think about it. They, they had to overcome the first tip ball interception when they should have handily gone down and won the game. 
And I didn't even see that hurt their confidence. And then West Virginia gave them the gift back down on the five-yard line. So it's like, hey, you know what? You guys gave us a gift, so we feel really, really bad about it. So we're going to give you a gift back. <laughs> and, but I feel like those last two drives, BYU had the confidence that they were going to go down and they were going to score and they were going to win and things were clicking. And people, make no mistake, that was a away football game. West Virginia was playing a home football game. Their video staff was running the video board. Their crowd was three times BYU's. Their, the band, were their band was in the house. It was moved a few hours away from their campus, but it was their home game. So it was a true road game for BYU. Um, you know, on third downs, their loudspeaker you know, announcer was on third down and getting them jumping and all that. When it was third down um, for, West, for West Virginia and BYU's on defense, it you know, BYU's crowd was trying to, but nobody, they weren't getting any help from the PA announcer or any of that. It was all West Virginia. So a true road game, and they go down to the wire in it. So I walked away from that. Dave McCann and I were talking um, as we were getting ready to do the postgame show, and I said, they're one and three, and I feel good about where they're at, which is weird it is to weird. me. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that seven wins is not out of the question. So, uh, And I want to give you guys a parallel. Okay, can I give you a parallel? Absolutely. Answer? Please, Uncle Ben. So my son Landon over the weekend, I was telling him, I feel good and I don't know why. And Landon said, Dad, let me let me tell you something I thought about. Nebraska. I'm going, what, I don't get it. What's Nebraska? And he goes, Nebraska fired Bo Pelini. So Pelini leaves mm -hmm. after a 9-4 and four season when they lost in a bowl game, um, in a close bowl game. Uh, sounds to, to sounds familiar. Okay, so sounds familiar, right? They bring in Mike Riley who says – we're not going to run the spread anymore. That doesn't fit here at Nebraska. We are going to we're going to change to a more pro style. We'll do multiple sets, but it's going to be more pro style. We can recruit big hosses. In the long term, we're going to rebuild this thing to have success in the Big Ten in the long haul. So they go out, and in their first six games, they go two and four. Mm -hmm. And they lose to BYU 28-33. On the final play. Miami, 33-36 in overtime. Three, or five, three. Illinois, 13-14. to One. Wisconsin 21-23. Two. Wow. There's a team that had and they four were, games And they just couldn't figure points. out how to win at the end because they hadn't been in that offense long enough to understand where the big plays come in clutch time. But they were learning against really good competition, right? Now, their two wins were against South Alabama and Southern Miss. Okay, so they're going to they're gonna beat those teams, right? So now in the back half, now remember, Nebraska only went 5-7 and seven last year, but, but in the back half they played number 6 and number 3. They played Michigan State and Iowa, and oh, by the way, they beat number six on the road. Yeah, how about that? And they lost to Iowa, but down the stretch, they they beat Michigan State, they beat Rutgers, they beat UCLA in their bowl game. They they lost in the back half to Iowa, so they finished five and seven. They got into a bowl game um, and won that bowl game and finished six and seven because there wasn't enough eligible teams. So, but in the back half of their schedule, they got better. I think the light bulb went on um, in a loss to Northwestern for them, where they lost twenty eight to thirty. And, but their offense looked like it was starting to click. And I did a bunch of research after landing. I'm like, oh, and then, then they go on and they, they finish strong. And it's okay when you lose at Iowa when they were number three, right? Mm -hmm. So now what is Nebraska doing this year? They're 4-0 and ranked in top 15. And they already have wins over Oregon and Northwestern. Because now it's a carryover from last year and they, they get it. And they know where the big plays are right now. So it wasn't necessarily that they needed a whole bunch of new players and they needed Mike Riley's guys recruited it. 
The players they had were good enough. He didn't take over a losing program. Kalani didn't take over a losing program, but it's an adjustment on offense. I think the defense is way ahead of where they were. And guess what? BYU doesn't play number six and number three in the back half of their schedule. So instead of five and seven, like Nebraska was, I think BYU's got a legitimate shot to be seven and five or eight and five because I think their light bulb went on in the second half of West Virginia. So there, there's your parallel. Look at Nebraska. Hmm. Similar, similar situation. And, and Mike Riley is the kind of guy that creates an environment like Kalani's creating at BYU where they have confidence. The kids still believed even though they were losing some games. This is, this is where we're at. So I think it's a – you know, Landon, my son Landon, who played, played at BYU, I think that that parallel is a good parallel. It's not that far off, but BYU's schedule in the last six isn't as crazy as Nebraska's was in the last six. Absolutely. And I think hope is a powerful emotion. And I think that BYU still has hope because these games were close and BYU goes, we didn't make a couple plays. It wasn't like BYU was overpowered. BYU's played some games in the past at Wisconsin 2013 where it was a 10-point game, but you're like, listen, that was, that was not as close as it looked in the end. Um, but BYU hung with and plays these teams. Now they play a Toledo team that w- we, kn- we know is good, but we don't know how good. What do you think of Toledo? They're – they're a little bit scary because I think offensively they're dangerous. Um, they're similar offensively to what they saw against Arizona and even what they saw against West Virginia. They spread you out, the quick throw game, they do all of that. The difference is, is that Toledo's not going to be quite as physical up front as those two teams. And I think BYU defensively will fare better. They may give up a big play uh, here and there. And, you know, they're scoring like crazy, but Toledo hasn't been smacked in the face like they will by BYU this week because they just haven't played teams so far on their schedule that are that level. Now, keep in mind, Toledo historically has stepped out of their league and been able to get up for a game here and there against P5-type programs like BYU and, and have fared well. So they have the confidence that they can do that, but they've got to travel, as you mentioned, Spencer, on a short week. Yes. Or I mean, Julius, on a short <laughs> week and, and have to come to Provo, play at elevation, against a team that's really, really hungry and I think is really, really good defensively. Don't, don't get too concerned over West Virginia and what they did because I believe West Virginia is going to do that all year in their league. The teams in the Big 12 are built right now to score points. They have a hard time stopping each other. So they're going to do that to a lot of teams. They'll did probably that do, not feel yeah. like a Big 12 it game? It felt like a Big 12 game. Now here's the, I think BYU, when they get into the Big 12, um, will be like the Stanford of the Pac-12. They'll load up and manhandle people up front, and they'll play a different style. And that's what Kalani's building this thing for, mm. is to be able to create mismatches up front, play like a professional, like a pro team, like an NFL team. And I think that BYU, by the time they get in the Big 12, will create some problems for those teams matching up. They'll keep the ball away from them. They'll be physical. They'll win games like the one they just lost to West Virginia. Mm. What is the biggest issue or concern with BYU football right now because we're one and three and you said that we I feel hopeful what's the biggest issue with this team right now is it points off turnovers or is it something else I know I think that's it and and that comes with confidence so so right now they're not converting their turnovers into enough points they're averaging just about two points per turnover and they need to average more like four points per turnover and if you think about it as close as these games have been if they average four points to turnover that they've they acquire, they're they're either three and one or at worst two and two. They're probably three and one. They might even be four and zero oh 
at that point, especially against Utah with the disparity in turnovers yes. and the disparity in points off of turnovers, if they're productive off of turnovers. And so to me, that's a confidence thing. And confidence comes with success. So I think this offense had more success at West Virginia. Now they're playing Toledo. I think they'll move the football in Toledo and get more confidence. So now when they go to Michigan State, they'll have more confidence in short fields to convert into – not settle for field goals, but convert short fields and turnovers into touchdowns, and that will make the difference down the stretch. So that's my biggest concern. They need to have some success against yeah. Toledo to carry and build on what they just had against West Virginia offensively because, to me, that's all about confidence. That's my biggest concern. And they need to win the game. If BYU wants to go to a bowl game and wants to you know, win six of the last eight, this is a must-win for BYU. We, we talked about it last week. Is this a must-win against West Virginia? For da, da, da. Against Toledo at home, that's a game you have to win. No, I agree. And and here's the thing. So keep in mind, they get we, we go back to this Nebraska parallel. They get six of the last eight, or even if they only get five of the last eight and get to a, a bowl game. Um, this is a program that has the parts and pieces to do what Nebraska's doing this year next year. And so this is a building year, and I think that they're going to fare better than Nebraska did last year in terms of record because I really think they'll get to seven. Eight won't flabbergast me if they get to eight. I'd be a little surprised if they get to eight, but it won't completely blow me away I would expect seven and if they do then we can feel really good about where they're going because it takes time offensively to to make that big a switch in terms but there's not been one game in these first four where I've stood there and watched them and go oh like Michigan last year oh my gosh this game needs to get over they're going to beat them by and 100 it, let's go home <laughs> they, they have matched up physically from a speed perspective all of that with really really good football teams and we were talking at the commercial the, team, the record of the teams they've played, the only loss of any of those teams against a non-ranked opponent was Arizona's loss to BYU. Every other loss by the teams they've played has been to ranked teams and highly ranked teams at that. So they don't have anything to be ashamed of. Should they be 2-2? Two and two? I, They make one more play in one of those games, they are, and then we're uh, all yeah. happy. Yeah. But I'm okay with they are, where they are. I felt good coming out of West Virginia. Now that I've watched the film, I feel even better. And now that I've thought through what Nebraska went through, I get it, and I'm feeling a lot better about things. Blaine Fowler bringing it in Studio B. Uncle B in Studio B. It just sounds right, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Studio Uncle B. <laughs> Can we just rename it Uncle B instead Uncle, of Studio B? Studio Blaine. Here in Uncle We're B. Coming to you from Uncle B. <laughs> Blaine, great stuff, man. Watch Thanks, him guys. on After Further Review tonight, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain Time. Still on the way. Some of your favorite BYU sports moments discussed with an Olympian between the lines and former NFL linebacker and wannabe scratch golfer David Nixon. What is BYU football's biggest strength? Four! How do we get him off the golf course? That's my biggest question. What in the world? <laughs> Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcasting on BYU TV. Mark your calendars. Thursday, we're talking hoops. That's right, baby. Two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. We'll have Dave Rose, Eric Mika, Nick Emery, Kyle Davis. Two hours of BYU Sports Nation coming up Thursday. They start practice on Monday. They had a photo shoot uh, yesterday. The Marriott Center Annex, a.k.a. YMCA, is getting closer to being finished. So this is an exciting time for the men's basketball team. Photo day for BYU basketball as well. And they are a member new of unis. the Nike Elite system so they have as new well. Unis. Yeah. They have new unis. So we're, we're hoping uh, to show those off Thursday. Let's refresh Spencer today's. Will, uh, wear, wear the uh, uniform. 
on Thursday. It's going to be great. Oh, hey, I'd love to. They're not going <laughs> to let me put that thing on. Are you kidding me? You sweat too much. <laughs> oh, my I'm just goodness. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU There's Sports Nation headlines. The kickoff time for BYU football's game at Michigan State in early October has been announced. BYU will face the Spartans October 8th, 3.30 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2. And David Nixon joining there. us for headline fun. There, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> last year, last year you and I were in studio hosting the show, and we had everything planned. It's great, and then TV happened. Um, what is it, Murphy's Law or something? So Michigan State that was announced. Yeah. Here we are, a week out from that. Um, but first, let's talk about West Virginia. What 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 was your um, what was your takeaway from that game? And now that BYU is one and three, how how are you feeling about the season? Yeah, you know, looking back at the game, BYU has so many opportunities. And, and what I'm loving about this team, you, you referenced the one and three, is that BYU obviously has been in, in each one of those games. And, and you guys talked about earlier with Michigan. I was at the Michigan game last year and 31 nothing. Really, it was over by like the first quarter. You could tell the whole team was defeated. Uh, they, were, they were ready to be done with the game. But this year, you see that this team has so much resiliency and they, and they, they continue to fight. And, and they're in every game and you're facing great opponents. I mean, we've talked about the record of all four, four teams combined. So, you know, I, what I love about this team is, is that they're fighting hard. Even when they're down, they're able to still fight back and try to make it a game. Um, they just got to get over the hump and, and win those games. And so when you ask, what are your thoughts on one and three? I'm disappointed, to be honest. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, it was kind of what we expected. With how close those, those games are, I would think that BYU could have at least pulled out one of those. Yes. And, and so that's why I think two and two would be something that I would be okay with. One and three, I'm still a little disappointed. I think the team is too. I think the team realizes, listen, we've had our opportunities and we can't quite take advantage of them. Um, Taysom mentioned yesterday in his, in his press conference that, you know, we've just got to capitalize on those opportunities and, and we'll be good. And so I'm um, a little disappointed, but you still have, you know, the rest of the season available. You still have eight games left. And so there's, there's definitely more opportunities for them to go make a statement. You played on a couple teams that went one and two. Mm-hmm. Not one and three, but one and two. How did you guys come bounce back from that uh, to have, what, 11 and 10 win seasons? Yeah, 11. 11 well, both uh, my sophomore and junior, we, we rattled off 10 straight wins. So we went 11 oh, and 2. 6 and 7. I, I was 6 and 0-7. We went 11 and 2. So, yeah, we started both 1 and 2. And we'll rattle them off. I think it was just keeping the big picture. I think that's what this team has done a great job of as well. They, they realize we still have eight games left. The season's definitely not over. And I think with this team, very similar to our days back in the Mountain West, we'd play TCU, we'd play Utah, who were always ranked still. And so we said, listen, there's still some marquee games for us to go out there and make a statement. Um, this team has those games. They have your Boise State. They have your Michigan States. You have your Cincinnati. Um, and so you've still got some big games left on, on the schedule to, to go out there and prove to the fans and to the country that we are, we're a good team. We haven't, we haven't taking advantage of those breaks. We haven't been able to quite pull it out at the beginning of the season, but we're learning. And now we can go out and still make that big statement and go you know, pull off these upsets um, at, at Michigan State and at Boise State. I mean, to pull one of those off, I think would be huge for this BYU team. Those are season-defining wins, given everything that has happened early. And so BYU, if they can survive a tough Toledo team, Toledo is a good team. We'll talk about them in just a minute. Get to two and three. And then, like you said, pull off a win unexpectedly where they will be an underdog at Boise State or at Michigan State, things start to change. That in mind, David, do you have the optimistic glasses on or are you looking at, uh, I'm not going to call it pessimism, but just 
are you more of a realist when it comes to BYU's win total? This, where do you have them in the regular season in terms of wins now that they're one and three? I mean, I think this team definitely gets bowl eligible. I mean, when you look at the schedule, I think you see two. One, you, I think they definitely lose one of the two against Michigan State or Boise State. Um, definitely is kind of a strong word. I hope they don't, obviously. Um, but those are those are two tough road games. But I, I think they get to bowl eligible, and from there, you said seven, possibly eight, with the bowl game included. They can go out there and win that one. Um, but I think if you can go seven and five to finish the regular season, I think that's you know to to, to make that big of a stretch to go six and two in your last eight games. I say that's that's rattling off a pretty good little season. How can BYU avoid a fourth quarter deficit? It's all about starting strong in that second half. You look at BYU against Arizona, against Utah, did not score in the third in the, in the third quarter. They went they went scoreless um, against UCLA. They scored with three minutes left in the quarter, and so they've traditionally these last this season they've just started off really slow in that third quarter, and they've they've got to stop digging themselves into a hole into this deficit. Uh, West Virginia did a better job. West Virginia, West Virginia they scored on their first drive, right? Jamal's touchdown, and so I think that's why you saw BYU scoring so many points and had a chance in this game, uh, particularly is because. They're able to start fast in that in that second half, and so uh, it's just a, it's it's interesting. You've just got to come out of the, of the locker room. You've got to come out, and it's those halftime adjustments that the coaches are making that you have to really implement. Um, and and BYU for some reason the season starting it off was just sluggish in that in that third quarter. And you can win or lose games in that third quarter because if you get too far behind. Your mentality, your psyche, you're like, man, I only got 15 minutes to try to claw back in this one. And you're like, oh, we can't do it. We're kind of out of it. That happened the last two games. BYU's down 17 and then uh, 16 in the last two games. A lot of discussion about the BYU offense in particular last week. And now that they put up 32 against West Virginia, some people understandably feeling hopeful about what they can do against Toledo and against the rest of the opponents on the schedule. Where do you feel like BYU was the best on offense last week? I think you go back to Taysom. I, you know, Taysom had gotten some heat for the previous games, but Taysom came through in the clutch, 101 yards rushing. He was 65% completion percentage. Um, the, the interceptions he did have. One of them, he was getting hit, going to the ground. He tried to make a, a play, but unfortunately didn't work out. And the other one were tip balls, which we've seen has kind of been uh, the Achilles heel for this BYU team this year. So um, I, I think Taysom was kind of that steady guy as a quarterback, was able to make some good plays, some good throws. Um, but ultimately, it was his legs that was able to open up everything else. I mean, BYU with over 250 yards rushing. Uh, it was just it was an impressive outing. More than anything, it was BYU's offense getting the run game going, and that's the biggest difference between all these previous games is BYU finally kind of got that run game, which we always hear is the cliche, right? Once you open up that run game, it opens up the passing game. Uh, but it stands true, and, and we saw it last week against West Virginia, and they have to do that here at home against Toledo because when you we look back at the, their last home game against UCLA, they, they got nothing going. They only had, what, 20? six yards rushing, something like that. So um, they struggled. So it's, it's, it's essential for them to get that run game going. We had, uh, we had some fun with Twinkies uh, on the pregame show Saturday. Shout out to and, Parker Dog. And postgame. I apologize we don't have any for BYU Sports Nation. The budget, it's not I, it's I not ate more Twinkies in that you know, hour, two hours, uh, more than I have in my entire life. I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I think I've had my Twinkie feel for the rest of my life. I was going to ask you, you look... You know, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I didn't get to work it off this week, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's still kind of sitting right here in my cheeks, more or less. Brian, Brian's going to be legitimately disappointed if there aren't Twinkies on Friday. Well, I, we just got to bring gushers for him. I think he'll be all right. He uh, he brings a whole box of gushers to our every, meeting every time. Gushers, gummies. Whatever it is, Starburst. some type of candy. And the best thing, he's just generous. He's like, hey, here's, here's. Oh, yeah, I And, and we'll go four. through the bag, and then he pulls out another one. And it's like, dude, where are you sponsored, or what's going on here? 
Sugar high. It's a sugar high for, for BYU soon, TV soon sports. Soon that Royal Blue podcast going to be brought to you by Cusher. For sure. Watch David Nixon tonight on After Further Review along with Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann, and the aforementioned Brian Logan. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around. Where does the cross-country team rank now, both on the men's and women's sides? And up next, some of your favorite sports moments in our newest segment, Between the Lines with an Olympian. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Come hang out with us, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, the rebroadcast is on every single weeknight via BYU TV at 6 Eastern. And because uh, BYU has a short week, uh, today is the last day of media availability at uh, football practice, so we will be live at football practice, one ten Eastern time with interviews from both the offense and the defense today. We'll have a Facebook Live Q&A after that as well. So at one ten Eastern time, coming up in uh, 25 minutes, uh, hang out with us on our BYU TV Sports Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports throughout the whole season. Mondays, we will Tuesdays, also, Wednesdays. Yeah, we will also have a BYU Sports Nation Saturday morning countdown to conference special or it's, the general conference pregame show. That's right. It's the pregame show. We'll tell you uh, who's talking, who we think will be the best speakers. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. We'll recap the Toledo game and uh, get you set for uh, you know Michigan State. But we'll have fun Saturday morning. You can just wake up. Uh, you can be in your pajamas, you're cooking breakfast there, waiting to hang out with your fam. You can watch BYU Sports Nation. And undoubtedly, someone will tweet, is this really what we should be watching before General Conference? The answer is yes. The question, the question. You're so glad I brought it up, aren't you? I'll just say this. We're here to wake you up for that first session. Like a good wake po- up! Post them in your cup. <laughs> Time now to bring some Olympic mojo to Studio B via 2014 Olympian and BYU Sports Nation contributor Kate Hansen. At Cater Tots is gauging some of your greatest BYU sports memories today in what we call Between the Lines. What's up, guys? My name's Kate Hansen, and I'm here to take you between the lines. It's your BYU Inside Scoop in under three minutes. Now, I know we have our teams. I know we love the Cougs, but sometimes it hurts a little bit to watch our team, and it's those moments when it connects that makes it so worth it. It's that moment when they score that touchdown. You're high-fiving everyone around you. You're sharing drinks. You're sharing hot dogs. And, I mean, we've got some of those moments for you today. Um, we sent out a Twitter question asking our fans, what is your favorite BYU memory? And we've got a lot of content back, so we want to show you what we've got. Now, our first tweet is by Chubbs927, and he said his favorite memory was a spot BYU Turgens caught the winning touchdown. Now, he's standing there, arms open wide, reliving his high school state championship moment. Um, pretty awesome. Now, do you guys remember that game? It was, you know, fourth and seven. Kind of intense. Tanner goes, he rolls out to the right, and he just kind of lets magic happen. Tony. Mitchell Jurgens pulls out the star man right there. <laughs> and I think that was a time when Tanner and Mitchell knew that what they had was going to be something very, very special. Now, talking about the Boise State game, we've got our next tweet by Crazy Coog Fanatic. And I mean, when we talk crazy, if her Twitter handle does not say it all. She said her favorite moment was rushing the field after Boise State and almost being trampled in the mosh pit of students and players. Now, raise your hand if you know any woman over 50 who's also 
you know, leading the charge down in the mosh pit. I mean, she goes hard. There's a picture of her laying in the end zone, a picture of her with one of the athletes. I mean, she loves BYU football. She is the epitome of a BYU football fan. And she's also a friend of the show. We like to call her an FOS. Thank you so much for tweeting in. We love seeing your stuff, crazy kook fanatic, and we want to see more of it. Now, with our third tweet, um, it's pretty crazy. He said, this is from Laser Sheep, it said his favorite memory was Hurricane Provo. It was a crazy night, but I'll never forget it. BYU owns Texas. Now, I know there was a hurricane um, before the game. People had to wait two hours, but also there was a ton going on on the field. And I don't think BYU, uh, I mean, Texas football has been the same since. I mean, they haven't come back to Provo. We were supposed to lose by seven against nationally ranked Texas, and we came out and just demolished them. I mean, Taysom Hill just had a field day and ran all over them, and that was a lot of fun to watch. Now, guys, this segment between the lines is for you guys, so we want you to send in any good content that you have, any cool memories, any cool photos you have, because you're here for us, but honestly, we're here for you. So make sure you throw it up, um, send it to BYU Sports Nation, and make sure you hashtag BTL for Between the Lines. So send us what you got, because we love you guys. And you know what? Take it away, guys. Thank you, Kate Hansen. To quote her, Texas football yeah. has never been yeah, the Texas same. Texas never been the same. <laughs> hey, that's great. Anytime we can have an Olympian on the show, I'm all for it. Hey, remember how Texas beat Notre Dame in that iconic early college football season game, and it was said, Texas is back. Notre Dame's one and three. So, so is Texas really back? Yeah, be careful. When Taysom did that big jump hurdle, you said Taysom is back as well. I didn't say that. The fans the, said No, that. on the post game, you said that. I said I referenced the fans on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, be, right? be careful with one singular oh, instance come being. come on. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying people felt that way. There was this large contingent of people saying, he's back! Yeah. One, one thing, careful. <laughs> careful. You don't want to make a rash assumption based on one play, Jerem? <laughs> I love rash assumptions, actually. It's so fun They're when we do that. way more fun. That was good stuff from Kate. Thanks, Kate Hansen. Our Twitter question today, BYU is one in three. How do you feel, and what are your expectations going forward? At Tavita underscore Mac. I am hoping for seven and five. That would be a regular season mark. Losing to Michigan State and Boise State. Wait, you're hoping that we – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Getting what? to a bowl game and hopefully winning that game. That would place BYU at eight wins following a poinsettia bowl win. That would feel like a major accomplishment. I agree. And if you heard Blaine Fowler earlier, he had a fantastic comparison to BYU and the way Nebraska started the season under a new head coach yes, uh, last season. They, they struggled in the beginning, two and four, ended up with, what, five or six wins on the six season? Six wins, including a bowl win. Yeah. It, it was weird, but... Yeah, they no, played the, a tough schedule. The they parallels are amazing. It. And then this year, Nebraska's 4-0 and have some quality wins, right? So I, I think that this if you if you step back for a moment outside of the season, you look at the Kalani Stocky era and what he's building, what they're doing, you might have a little more tolerance for a stumble in some tough games. Who does BYU even lose on defense next year? I'm already thinking, like, who are they bringing back next Harvey year? Harvey Lange, Kainakua. They would lose. They return all three starting linebackers, though. Which is huge. Yeah. Who have been the most steady, according Travis to Tuiloma. Eli Satuiaki, the defense yeah. coordinator. Yeah, fun. But you know what? We're Let's projecting on... next year already? No, no, I'm Wait, not. I'm just, I'm just asking a question. Hey. Up next, a new class of BYU athletics in the Hall of Fame. They are back! BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Taysom's back! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The Michigan State game on the banks of the Red Cedar has been announced. BYU football will face the Spartans October 8th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ABC ESPN or ESPN2. 
Athletics. The BYU Athletics Hall of Fame class has been announced. They are Pam Miller Geitzen of golf, cross-country track coach Cheryl W. James, Yanetta Leahy of softball, Michaela Manova of cross-country, and Mike Wall of volleyball. Volleyball. Speaking of, the women's team moves up two spots, number 11 in the latest ADCA poll. The Cougars have the enviable task of going to Malibu. They play at Pepperdine tonight at 10 Eastern on the W. Cross-country. Yeah, how about this? New cross-country rankings from the USTFCCCA just came out. That's a real thing. The men's team moved up eight spots to number four after upsetting number one last weekend. The women have also moved up four spots to number 15. Boom! Cougars in the NFL. The Tennessee Titans announced Jordan Leslie has been signed uh, to the practice squad today. Also, we wanted to mention Robertson Daniel is back on the practice squad with the Packers. Got to get that money. Hey, Brian Logan, where's your picture like Rob Daniel hanging in the uh, BYU (laughs) (laughs) student-athlete building? Unnecessary roughness, verbally. (laughs) He went after Rob Daniel a little bit, so that's that's why we're doing it. Yeah. That was was a while ago, though. (laughs) We need the flags back. (laughs) Hey! Unsportsmanlike conduct! Future guests include Toledo football head coach Jason Candle. BYU basketball's Dave Rose, the head ball coach, along with Eric Mika, Nick Emery, and Kyle Davis. We saw Eric Mika on campus yesterday. He's excited to come back. It's been a long time since we had Mika in Studio B. I can't wait. Hail Caesar. <laughs> Love Eric Mika. And Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos. All she does is score goals for the number four ranked BYU women's soccer team. And Saturday, we will have a special BYU Sports Nation at 11 a.m. Eastern time recapping the Toledo game. We call it the pregame show, countdown to LDS General Conference, live <laughs> right here on BYU TV. We're sent in to wake you up, okay? Yeah, and the fun part is that that particular time is fun because we will have been in here at like 1230. So, let's ball, baby. I'm proposing something, okay? Sleepover? Yes. Yeah! And, 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 okay? Tecmo, all night! Well, I'm buying buying an Xbox One S, okay? In Studio C? That's going to go to my house. The Xbox 360 is going to come here with with college football. Let's do it, man! All nighter! Nope. (laughs) HR right now is like, please do not spend the the night at the building. (laughs) It's just such a late night and such an early that morning. That would be hilarious if we were just like bloodshot Saturday morning. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. Funyuns all night. Hey, Kalani Stocky, by the way, loves Funyuns. Our elite Brian tweet Logan of the day. Brian Logan should join us. Our elite tweet of the day answering BYU's 1-3. How do you feel and what are your expectations going forward? From at StayClassy94. Still have 100% faith in Kalani Satake. He's our dude. Most coaches in these games would not keep a team unified like him. Oh, and we need to get today's ride. Eyes and shout in by Dexter and Dexter help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We can't forget this, Jim. Oh, it's Bob Bowles. Yeah, we can't forget that. Yeah. Hey, thanks to Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYZN. Also want to thank uh, Kate Hansen for Between the Lines. All-nighter <laughs> with the Xbox and college football. We play all season. I'm getting stoked for Friday night now. <laughs> Is there also a football game? For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Soren Halliday. We're back to work tomorrow, noon Eastern.